We want to turn your attention to Mark chapter 5, verse 18 and 19. Mark chapter 5, verse 18 and 19. It reads, And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit, Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. Amen. Praise the Lord. I like to talk around this subject. Now, I know homiletically a, uh, a theme ought not to be long. But if you allow me to break that rule this morning, I, I normally don't do this, but we're going to break the rule and give the theme as go home. And tell your friends the great things the Lord has done for you and how he had compassion on you. Turn your neighbor and say, go home and tell your friends the great things the Lord has done for you and how he had compassion on you. Come on, tell somebody on the other side, go home. Tell your friends the great things. The Lord has done for you and how he had compassion on you. Now put your hands together. Give the Lord some praise. The discussion is not about whether or not in this text a believer can be possessed. We're not discussing that this morning. We're talking about bondages and how Jesus can set us free from whatever binds us. Uh, this story is about a man with issues that has separated him from his family and friends. He lived in an unusual place. He lived in a graveyard. He cried with a loud voice continuously. He cut himself with stones. This bound man could not be bound with chains. This man had issues. And the truth be told, everybody that comes to church brings with them some issues. Can I get a witness in this place? What's interesting is that Jesus had a scheduled meeting with this man. You know, Jesus doesn't do things half-hearted without intention but every time he met with a person like in John chapter 4 when he met with the woman at the well it was intentional my brothers and sisters Jesus meeting you was intentional it was a scheduled meeting with whom many uh, the psychoanalysts or psychologists would have analyzed with what we would call a multiple personalities and would have prescribed him some psychotropic uh, medication. Society had given up on this man and relegated him 
an outcast. Have you ever been on the outside looking in? But Jesus. Come on, tap your name and say, but Jesus. But Jesus took on the case. And in the text you discover, he set this man free. He set this man free. I, I, I don't care what you're going through this morning. Jesus can set you free. From the demons that bound him. Now, what's interesting in this story is that you have unclean spirits, unclean animals, and an unclean man. You have unclean spirits, unclean animals, and an unclean man. Now, notice what Jesus does. Jesus gets rid of the unclean spirits and unclean animals at the same time. But, everybody say but, but left the unclean man. I want you to catch that. He got rid of the unclean spirits and the unclean animals at the same time. But he left the unclean Man, it reminds me of the story of the woman that was caught in adultery. That was caught in the very act and was brought to Jesus. And how, uh, glory to God, Jesus got rid of the charges, got rid of, of the accusers, but left the woman. And says to her, where, there, where are your accusers? He said, they're all left. He said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Isn't he a good God? Jesus, uh, the older people had an expression. They say, Jesus didn't throw away the baby with the bathwater. Why is this? Why is this? The text explains it. It says because Jesus had compassion. Jesus had compassion. Many times, unlike the priest and Levite who sees a man uh, wounded on the Jericho Road that walked on the other side. But yet a Samaritan stopped and had compassion on the man that had fell among thieves. Jesus is full of compassion. And this man was the object of Jesus' compassion. When you go to the book of Genesis, you find the story of, of, uh, of Noah. And and the text reads in the King James Version, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, a better interpretation of this text is that Noah became the object of God's grace. My brother says, you need to know you are the object of God's grace. You are the object of God's compassion. Now, the question is, what triggered Jesus' Compassion. What triggered Jesus' compassion? I believe that this man's worship triggered his compassion. His worship triggered his compassion. As messed up as this man was, he recognized that Jesus was worthy of worship. 
Now listen, before the 2,000 demons or spirits that were in could stop him from running to Jesus, this man runs to Jesus. And he worships him. I, I wonder what church would be like if we ran to worship. A lot of people wait for the praising and worship, the choir, to begin to worship. When the scripture says in Psalms, a hundred enter to his gates with thanksgiving. Enter to his courts with praise, be thankful. Come on, talk back to me. Unto him in what? Bless his name. What it would it be like if everybody came in running to worship? Him. This man, before the 2,000 uh, spirits in him could stop him, he made a beeline for Jesus. And he began to worship him. Worship recognizes God's presence, God's position, God's power, and God's personage. Worship recognizes God's presence, God's position, God's power, and God's personage. God's presence. He, he realized that God had showed up. See, you got the presence of God, omnipresence of God. God is everywhere. But then you have what's called the imminent presence of God. God being present in a specific way. And so here Jesus shows up and he recognizes God. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He recognizes God's presence. Then he recognized God's position. God is God all by himself. Somebody say amen. amen. He recognized his position that he's worthy of praise. Hebrews 1 uh, 6 says when he brought the sons of God in the presence of God, he told the angels worship him. Did you catch that? The father tells the angels to worship Jesus Christ. To recognize, tap your neighbor and say, you better recognize, you better. Come on, tell me, you better recognize you. Thank you. He recognized God's presence. He recognized God's position. But then he recognized God's power. I love the Re Revelation 118. I am the living one. I was dead and I'm now alive forever and ever. I have the keys of death and Hades. Recognize his power. He can do anything. Is there anything? I said, is there anything too hard for the Lord? This man recognized as bad as his situation was that Jesus could fix it. Tap your neighbor, say, let Jesus fix it. Come on, tap somebody, say, let Jesus fix it. Older people, some of you older people remember this song. Let Jesus fix it for you. Oh, he knows just what to do Ooh. whenever you pray let him have come on somebody gonna sing with me 
And he will fix it for you. I wish I had some time. Oh, let it go. He recognized his power. And I don't care if the enemy of your soul will tell you you're in too deep. He's got enough power to break you out. But then he recognized his personage, his character, that God is a God of compassion. He's a God of compassion. Lamentations 322 says, It's because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. Uh, He's a God of compassion. This man was in the position I believe he was in was because I believe this man was a repeat offender. I believe he was a repeat offender. I believe he had been delivered or set free on many occasions previously until he was bound. You see, scripture in Matthew chapter 12 verse 43 through 45 tells us, Jesus says that when an unclean spirit leaves a person, it goes into a desert place, but then it turns around. And if it finds that that place is clean and empty, it enters again that, that, that person, but it brings with them seven other spirits. Now, the text, when you read in, in Mark chapter f- 5, it says that 2,000 pigs ran violently off of the cliff, which makes me believe that this man was a repeat offender, was delivered, went back out and did the same thing, was delivered, and after a while now you got over 2,000. And what he found was that he was, what they were saying in the chess world, checkmate. Most of the times when we've gotten away with something, we feel like we can get away with it again. So what do we do? We go and do it again. And then God is so gracious, he'll deliver us. And we feel good about ourselves and come to church two or three more weeks. But then we go back out. How many times did this guy was set free and did it again in order for him to have 2,000 unclean spirits. Everybody say, shh, whoo. Like Samson, he thought he could not be bound because he had never been bound before until he was bound. And it was too late. Let me say that again. That's Like Samson, He thought he could not be bound because he had never been bound before until he was bound and it was too late. Somebody say amen. Amen. Like Samson, he thought he could never be caught because he had never been caught before until he was caught and it was too late. You know, some people do things 
and think they'll never get caught until they're caught. We had a preacher in Philadelphia caught on cheaters. Was that the first time he cheated? No. It was the first time he was caught. And some of us are sitting in this church not because we did right, but because we've never been caught. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. There is a danger in playing with sin. There is a danger in playing with sin. However, as bad as this man was, he understood something about God. If he would just worship God, God would have compassion on him everybody should be clapping on that it is amazing that this unclean man with unclean spirits living among unclean pigs understood if he would just worship God he could be set free newsflash if you just worship God you can be Set free. If you just worship God, you can be set. Do we got any worshipers in this place? They call it in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, a praise break. The word selah. It it means that the writer was getting so excited, he said, I need to take a break just to worship him. I I wonder, Pastor Jamal, can we take 20 seconds? Can you just stand on your feet and give God the best praise? You can take a seat. I was thinking about, some of you remember the writer Andre Crouch. He wrote this song, Take Me Back, Dear Lord, to that place where I first received you. Take me back to that place where I first believed. Many of us, when we came to church, we jump up, fall over pews, run down the aisles. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Because we understood something about worship. Regardless of how deep you in, you can praise your way out. 
Somebody said when the praises go up. Hallelujah. Some people said the blessings come down. I want to say the blesser comes down. In the hymn book it said heaven came down in glory. Fill my soul. This man understood the power of worship. Listen, I don't care what's happening in your home. You could be on the, on the verge of divorce if you just worship him. You could be in a financial crisis. Glory to God. Wondering how you're going to get out this financial situation. But if you just worship him. Glory to God. God always shows up when we worship. Worship is God's calling card. When you, when you worship him, you invoke him to come into your situation. And what you're saying to God, in essence, you're bigger than my problem. You're bigger than my dilemma. No matter what I'm dealing with, you're bigger than it. Lift your hand, tell the Lord, thank you. Jesus set the man free. He got rid of the unclean spirits. He got rid of the unclean pigs. But left the man. Why? Because of his compassion. Now what's interesting as you go to the end of the text. If this man wanted to go with Jesus on his missionary journey. But Jesus said no. He told the man to go home to your friends. And tell them the great things that the Lord had done for him. And how he had compassion on him. The next thing compassion will do for you, it will cause you to be a witness. Number one, compassion will cause you to wit to worship. But then finally, number two, compassion will cause you to be a witness. I contend that the reason we don't witness to family and friends is because we have forgotten about the great things. That the Lord has done for us. How he had compassion on us. Like the woman at the well. We should all be running. To tell others. About the goodness. Of the Lord. Andre Cox wrote this song. And in part of the song he says. He has done great things. He has done great things. He has done great things. Bless. His holy name. In the word compassion, we see the word passion. Mel Gibson did the film, The Passion of the Christ. The passion of Jesus Christ was his desire to save humanity by dying on a cruel, rugged cross. A sacrifice that was made for sinners. God commended his love towards us. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. I like the other song that we sing in the church. Oh, 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 what he's done for me. Oh, 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 what he's done for me. Oh, 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 what he's done for me. I never shall forget what he's done for me. The Bible says that this man told his story to all that was in the Decapolis. He talked about the great things that the Lord had done for him and how the Lord had compassion on him. Compassion will cause you to worship, but then compassion will cause you 
to be a witness wherever you go. Song said, I said I wasn't going to tell nobody. But I couldn't keep it to myself. What the Lord had done for me. You ought to have been there when he saved my soul. You ought to have been there when he put my name on the roll. How many of you remember what the Lord has done for you? And how the Lord had compassion. What what I love about the Lord is when it comes between our sin and him, nobody else has to necessarily know. He can keep a secret. Paul, Paul writes in one place, he said, I'd be ashamed to talk about some of the stuff that I've done. But thank God, God sees in secret. He hears in secret. And he covers us under the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank God like the right of lamentation says we're not consumed because of the compassion of God. And that's what causes us wherever we go. To tell others about Jesus the Christ. He's able to do what no other power can do. He's worthy of worship. And we ought to be witnesses wherever we go. Can we all stand on our feet? Uh, Bless his name. Bless his name. Bless this name. What would happen, Pastor Jamal, if everybody in the church ran back home and told their friends the great things that the Lord has done? What would happen this week if everybody ran back home and told their friends, come see a man that told me all that I would ever has done? Is this not? the Christ. God is looking for witnesses. My question to you, my brothers and sisters, is will you be a witness? You know, some people turn down being a witness. Somebody say amen. Why do they turn down being a witness, first lady? They turn down being a witness because I don't want to get involved. They turn down being a witness because they're afraid. I know in Philadelphia, some of the thugs, when they do murders, it's hard for the police to get witnesses. Because people say, look, I don't want them come shooting up my stuff. But when the Lord has saved you from your sin, glory to his name. The apostle Paul said, I'm ready to die. If that's what it takes, I'll die. But I'm going to testify. I'm going to close by saying this. In Acts chapter 2, they try to get them to not witness. They said, if you witness, we're going to beat you. They said, we can't help but testify about the things that we have experienced in Christ. And the Bible said they prayed for boldness. God shook the room and gave him Holy Ghost boldness. Listen, we need witnesses.
that will stand for the Lord. Listen, the reason you have the job you have is not just to make money. He placed you there strategically for you to be a witness. Listen to this. You might not like this one. The reason God gave you baby kids next to you and you're praying to God, God, move me out of this house. But the reason he placed you there is so that you might be a witness to baby kids about a Jesus that can save them. It's not a coincidence. God is ordering your steps. Compassion will cause you to worship. But compassion will also cause you to be a witness. God is looking for witnesses. My question as I close is, when was the last time you shared your faith with somebody God had put in your way? When was the last time you gave somebody the ABCs of the gospel? Who was the last person you won to the Lord? God is looking for a witness. Listen, you don't have to be a doctoral candidate at Southern. You might barely have a GED. It doesn't really matter. The woman from the well didn't have a chance to get to seminary, but she ran back and said, come see a man. God just wants you to tell your story. The great things that the Lord has done for you.